You're listening to 101.5 Neom FM Broken Headphones Podcast with your hosts, Danny Balcran, Annie Beach, Kenneth Castillo, and Jordan Reimer. Today we're interviewing Destiny Seymour, who is a founder of Indigo Arrows, interior designer, and entrepreneur. <laughs> I started out in architecture and I got my master's and I worked in a architecture firm for about 10 years right in the exchange. And uh, I loved, I, I did love it, but I, I think one of the biggest challenges that I found was that I couldn't find any products and fabrics, uh, things like that, that actually represented the history of indigenous people in Manitoba. There are a lot of fabrics, you know, Southwestern patterns, beautiful Navajo blankets, um, you know, the company Pendleton, they do all those uh, native inspired patterns. Um, but there's now there's eighth generation, they do, um, they call it um, inspired native uh, patterns. So they actually hire indigenous artists to create patterns from their own community, their own um, nation. So they're just starting to really expand their company. But here in Manitoba, I couldn't find anything. And uh, so I did make, I started making for some projects, drum stools and wrapping them in Pendleton blanket because we still do give Pendletons as gifts. And, um, but it still kind of bugged me that we didn't have anything that was like truly Manitoban. So what I started doing, I was visiting a friend who works at the Manitoba Museum. He's a Cree archeologist there. And he was just showing some of the pottery and, and just bone tools that they were excavating here in Manitoba. And he would put them in my hand and he's like, check this one out. This is over 3000 years old. We just dated it. And they had all these amazing stamping like patterns at the top. Let me use my can. But the, the stamping would be at the top um, of these pots. And um, yeah, it, it just did something like it. I started thinking like, oh my God, like these, there's over 3 million of these pieces these artifacts that they're cataloging at the museum and we don't really see them. I I didn't learn about them in school. And so it was kind of like the light bulb that, you know, I, I just loved all these patterns and my style's very minimal to begin with. So I, I wasn't sure how I was going to create product out of these ideas. So what I started doing in the evenings after work was I, I took classes at Martha Street Studio. They have a beginner printmaking class and uh, I would do that. I did that in the fall. And um, so basically it was just like, this is one of the sheets. So you start learning how to sketch and then, uh, you know, maybe you guys are printmakers yourselves um, that who have done silk screening, but you, I didn't know anything about it, right? So. There I am learning how to sketch and how to use India ink on and um, and then create my own screens. I have a screen here. You know, just getting all of these these things in the beginning was pretty exciting to me um, because as a architect and interior designer, yes, it's a creative profession, but a lot of most of the time you're at a computer, you're sitting at a desk for like all day long um, you're collaborating with your team maybe there's some sketching but mostly you're drafting uh, blue like plans uh, through a software program so this was a really nice break for me fr from like all those years um, working in a firm and now changing my mindset to create something from 
just ideas in my mind. So um, I think what I did then was, so I took a beginner class in the fall. I took a spring course uh, in advanced print printmaking. But when you're doing printmaking, you're printing on paper. And so I needed to also figure out what kind of fabric did I want to print on. So I just started buying, going to like a fabric store and getting fabrics just to test it out. And I knew I wanted to use linen eventually. Just getting back to my story about the beginning part was um, I was really nervous about actually making marks and, and, and designing things. But I think what a good friend of mine told me was, you know what, you don't even worry about what people are going to think. It's all about like how you feel, just get messy and create, even if it's, you know, in your mind, like it's crap, but <laughs> you're just kind of drawing, sketching, making. Um, and so like, even with the whole, the potato uh, printing you're going to do, you just carve something and, you know, create shapes. And it's that, it's that pros process that I love because then it turns into something else and you just keep moving forward. Um, and so my first pattern is called Beijig, which means uh, one in Anishinaabemowin. So it's very simple. Um, and it's this pattern here. This is a table runner. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's this pattern and it's a 400. Oh yeah, you got one. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm house sitting for someone and she has it for she her. She has husband. one. Um, <laughs> So this pattern was inspired from an elk antler bone scraper tool. And it was this tool that um, that was in this box, cardboard box on the fifth floor, not even open to the public. You go into this storage room and it was just kind of back there hidden. And I, I picked it up and um, they had all these amazing carvings around it. And so, that was like my very first pattern. Um, and I, so I started making, I made the screens, um, you know, printed it in different inks and different colors. And, and then I would come home and I would pit, put, like just pin them up on the wall, tape them everywhere. I'm a mom, I have two little girls and I didn't realize like this process of me thinking through ideas your kids shadow you without knowing it. And so down below, lower to the ground are sketches that they do. <laughs> and so like they copy and they do and they're making. And so I kind of like that, but so I keep all their little sketches. So yeah, in the beginning, it was two years of, of making, um, testing out ideas, buying product, like um, trying to find out where zippers are, what kind of linens, where can I source all this stuff? Um, so it was, yeah, just taking that time to do it, registering my business name, um, naming the patterns. Um, I work closely with my dad. So my, I'm from Peguis First Nation. I'm in, I'm Anishinaabe. My parents are both from Peguis. Like my dad's side of the family is from the St. Peter's area like where Peguis used to be in Selkirk and then when they were pushed out of there and sent to where Peguis is now my dad's family went northeast of Lake Winnipeg so 
I never grew up in Peguis. My mom's family did, though. They actually um, had a farm and everything, land. My mom and her siblings were sent to residential school when they were really little. So she does not speak her own language. She's a big supporter of what I'm doing. Um, my dad, his family hid him when they were coming to take uh, the kids away. And so he actually grew up in a traditional cultural way. So he's fluent still, thank, thank goodness. And so he has been helping me, I guess, just really kind of reconnect with this part of what I'm doing. And so, so yeah, so I started naming the patterns. Um, so there was Beijing. So in the beginning, it was, it was just a lot of making. And um, in 2016, it'll be five years ago. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, my family's behind here. Get. In 2016, I, I left my day job. Uh, I still remember it, putting my notice in in uh, July and um, started Indigo Arrows full time. And which is kind of scary because, you know, you got your job security, um, you have little kids, mortgage, all that kind of adult stuff that you have to, you know, maintain. But actually, it was like the best decision I ever made because now I can be, you know, making um, the freedom to be also with my family. And um, so in the beginning, I would do all my printing at Martha Street Studio. I became a monthly renter. And so I started designing these patterns. And so I started out with four patterns that were all named one, two, three, four in, in Anishinaabe Moen. So Beijing, you see already. Um, Niswe is three. And this, this became another one of my patterns here. And it's all of these little X's. Um, they look like X's, but so these patterns are really small um, and they're stamped along the top. And so I, I, I kind of took one of those ideas and started sketching with it and, and made a, a, like a, I guess a general repeating kind of pattern. And as I started playing more with products, so this is a pillow with a velvet backing. Um, I started also taking advantage of companies that actually print onto linen. So half of my collection is printed linen. This is an, another, this is the, my most recent collection. So this one is looking at using, um, everything's very earthy, um, earth colors. So this is part of my tobacco collection is called Sema. And so there's all these, I guess, hues in, in sort of browns and tones of browns. And then, and then getting better at trying to do more branding. So most of the products that I, I make are pillows, linen pillows, table runners, and napkins. And half of the collection is printed, hand printed. Again, here's more of the um, Beijing. And then I started a collection called the Elements Series, which is looking at fire, water, earth, and air. And so Ishkade became, became my first fire, um, I guess, representing fire. And it's looking at flint rock so that was another thing that I, I started studying at the museum was just these all these flint rocks that you find and um, ways of making fire so again my patterns are 
are very minimal. They're not like a literal kind of thing, like actually drawing fire and then silk screening like a flame. <laughs> I mine are more um, more about storytelling. So I guess when you're making your own pattern, thinking about what kind of story you want to tell, that's something that's really important to me, I think. And um, so I use copper ink and um, yeah. And so I use these shapes. So this is Ishkade. Copper moons became the second one. And so this is looking at um, Nicomis, which is grandmother moon and how the moon actually affects water, the tides affects our us as like people. Um, so it, it, that one for me is representing water. The one thing that I really liked in the beginning of my, when, I'm, when I was first starting my business was doing pop-ups. Pop-ups were extremely exhausting and hard um, <laughs> just because you have to like, you know, you have a deadline when you're going to be selling that at that market. So you're making, you're making, you're making, you just push forward. And then I would go and set up at a, you know, third and bird or you know, the alleyway market. And that was really good in the beginning. So if you say you're, you, you're a maker doing these more, of course, right now of COVID, you can't do any pop-ups or anything like that. But um, I, I think I did like the first year, about 10 markets all in a row. And just getting out there, being able to talk to people, explain your product. And also it helps you talk through what it is you're trying to do. And so being able to talk through these ideas with people and uh, answer their questions. Um, one thing I found really interesting too is a lot of non-Indigenous people um, buy my product and they're very interested and in, like they even start speaking it. They'll say, oh, I need two more Beijing pillows or, you know, can also give me an Ishkade. And so it's kind of cool that, you know, it's, there's language and their story. And I think that's what I really love about creating and making textiles. Yeah, it's just been a really crazy, busy five years. And now I'm starting to look for help and get help through. Uh, Annie is also one of my printers. Yay. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, is there any questions right now? I just wanted to take a little break and see if anyone had any questions about, you know, starting to make and then turning it into a business. I had a question. You said that your designs are inspired by like materials from Manitoba and stuff. Um, I was just wondering if you had to do any extensive research on like Manitoba and your culture and your history at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Yes. So, well, I, I wouldn't say extensive. I, I did go visit Kevin Brownlee at the museum. Um, we worked together and uh, looking at some of the collections. And then I worked with my family. So my family that's from the north uh, east side of Lake Winnipeg. So there's Manicotaugan, Seymourville, that area there. So working with my dad, also having ceremony and um giving thanks so having a ceremony with my family about using these patterns um so 
they're not an exact replica. If you were to go to the museum, it's not like a exactly what you're going to see there. So it's but I'm inspired by them. So um, yeah, so being if you're if you're going to do something like that, I would recommend like working with an elder, someone from your directly from your community, if you have any family members, um, things like that. And so that's the steps that I took. And also, I guess part of it, I also feel a responsibility of giving back. So part of my proceeds also goes to a nonprofit um, indigenous organization in Winnipeg. And so, yeah, so those are the just the kind of things that I want to promote through my own business. Did that answer it? That answered it, yeah. That's, that's cool. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Nice. Does anyone else have any questions? That there's one thing I'm sort of surprised you hadn't touched on yet because I'm curious to know the the name Indigo Arrows. Where 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 does that come from? Indigo Arrows. Okay. So I initially, well, I really love print printmaking, and um, I also did a lot of traveling before I. I guess settled into my job. Um, so indigo actually comes from creating like the natural indigo dye. And eventually I'd like to start doing that when I'm not so crazy busy. <laughs> but I do want to look at natural dyes at, at some point when I actually get a, a good studio. Um, I'm, I still work out of my home. So I'm in my basement right now. But so indigo is from looking at natural dyes um, and arrows is, I think, from just my love of, I guess, all these pottery designs and beadwork designs. And I didn't know this, but my our house is full of triangles. Like, there's so many rugs we have. I have in my home that have like a triangle shape. And my husband's like, "You must really love like arrows and triangle triangles because we have them all over the place." And I looked around, and yeah, we do. So I guess it's just my own aesthetic that I love, like just like big, bold geometric shapes. And um, most of my textiles are, are about these, these shapes and how they work together. Um, but yeah, the natural dyeing is really fun. Um, I remember uh, like even trying onion skins. I, I remember I bought a whole bunch of onions and then I filled a big pot of onion skins and dyed a bunch of natural fabric. But Alan was like, that's just too much. You can't be <laughs> doing onion skin dyeing like in our home right now. So that's maybe like, you know, somewhere in the future. But indigo arrows comes from that. I would have never even thought of something like, like, like the onion skin. How, how do you get the dye out of that? So it's really cool. You put it, so you, you boil it and the mm -hmm. pot of water turns like a bright, bright orange. And so you get this orange, like walnuts makes black, like black ink. So when you boil the walnut shells and then I had a friend like her and I wanted to look at eventually look, um, getting natural, I guess, indigenous materials from Manitoba so looking at like I don't even know like you know imagine you got a 
pillow that was, or something that was dyed with blueberries, you know, or Mm -hmm. different things like that. So I think later when I'm not like missing appointments, (laughs) um, then I will, yeah, explore that at some point, but yeah, natural dyeing, look, Google that there's like a lot of cool stuff you can do with, um, plants. That, that, That actually is really interesting. Thank you. And so I have another business. So that was 2016. I started Indigo Arrows. So Indigo Arrows is a growing home decor brand um, with pillows. Like I said, also I do quilts. So I do these grandmother moon quilts. Um, I just started um, getting knit blankets. So like I hired like a company that has like woven looms and so I created Ishkade blankets so this pattern but in like a knit blanket like a throw um so those are coming so my goal with indigo arrows is to eventually have fabric a line of fabric that people can order so like you can say you know go on my website I want 10 yards of beige and yellow I'm you know and then so it was for, I'm hoping architects and designers can source this fabric so that these patterns can go into projects. So like daycares and schools and, you know, on furniture and yeah, stuff like that. Um, but in 2018, I formed another company called Woven Collaborative and that's a design firm that's looking at architecture projects. So I teamed up with another woman, um, she's, a Dene uh, architectural designer. So her and I, our clients are mainly First Nation um, clients. And so it's, you know, doing a lot of commercial projects. Uh, we're doing the Millennium Library downtown. We're doing the children's area. Um, what else? We're do- we did a media lab for the U of W called the Abba one Media Lab. It's a really cool lab. Um, it's about looking at traditional craft and also like high tech stuff. So they just recently got all their laser cutter, like a big laser cutter machine, 3D printers were put in there. They have VR sets. So it's looking at like combining like beadwork, even printmaking, and then these like, you know, turning them into like a, a cool, like, I don't know, 3D movie or something. So that's a, that was a good project. So I, like, I still really love architecture and I love being able to bring, I guess, indigenous representation in wallpaper in like fabric and furniture and things like that. I think we really need that. Um, When I was in architecture school, um, like even just buying like a home decor magazine or a design magazine, there weren't any indigenous designers or even just people, people of color that I, I was like, wow, like they're so now like it's starting to change. There are more designers that I see in school. Yeah, it's growing. I think there is one other person. His name is Dave Thomas. He, um, he was doing his master's in architecture as well. So we were always kind of together. But yeah, so I think my business grew out of something that I couldn't find. And, um, you know, it's been, it gets pretty tough sometimes to keep going. especially when you're you know you you know you have kids and and um and sometimes you actually hit like just a mental block where you're tired and you're I don't feel like printing today or 
but it's good to take breaks and then get refreshed and then come back to it. I did some pop-ups in the States. I went to Santa Fe. I, I, I went to, I did this pop-up in Las Vegas at this, uh, it was this gaming, this huge gaming uh, conference, a Native American gaming conference. And they had a arts and crafts section. And so there, I'd say there was about 30 of us, but it was like, Navajo, 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 me, Navajo, Navajo. And so like they had like, you know, all these amazing turquoise jewelry and like just cr amazing crafts. And then there's me with all the pillows and napkins. And they, the, I remember they like the Navajo people down there were like, wow, you Ojibwe's up there love linen napkins. <laughs> He's like, we just go like this. We don't need napkins. Um, so it was pretty fun to, to kind of travel and to um, meet other makers. I think that's another thing too, when you get into making things, there's a, I didn't realize the community uh, here in Winnipeg of makers uh, and people doing things. And um, so, yeah, that I, before I didn't really notice that, but now, yeah, now I don't, I haven't done a pop-up in a couple of years. Um, yeah, it's, it's different now. Last year was tough because I couldn't, my manuf, the people that I hired to sew, like we couldn't do anything like that. I was still doing architecture projects, but because of COVID, um, things just totally changed. And so what I did was I collaborated with a mask maker and um, I didn't bring a mask here. I made these Ishkade masks so it's just taking this pattern again and um, made these masks and we decided, we came up with, I really wanted to give my portion of the sales to the Butterfly Club. So that's the organization that I already give to um, with my own company. But um, so what we did was all proceeds uh, went to the Butterfly Club. And so that was a really fun project that I did last year. There it is. Annie has it. <laughs> so these masks, they come in three colors. Yeah, it was, that was a really fun, a fun project. You know, when you think of like how tough this time is right now for everybody and for, for even for organizations, um, Gani Kanichik's Butterfly Club, they lost, uh, they, they lost funding last year and like a, it, they took a really big hit. And the Butterfly Club is an after-school program for Indigenous girls and two-spirited youth, ages nine to thirteen, and it starts off with supper. So you go there, you share a meal, and then you spend two hours learning some sort of craft, and they get to pick what kind of craft. So with COVID, of course, they couldn't meet. Um, so what they did was they still continued the Butterfly Club, but it was all online, and so we were able to raise enough money to get all the kids, there's like 24 kids, I think, tablets uh, so that they could do virtual learning at home. Also, they would get the food delivered and then they can have food and then do crafts um, online. And then I think we also raised over 35,000 additional money on top of that. That was all last fall going into this spring and I guess it's, it is just the end of May. I'm hoping to do more projects like that. Um, that one was a really a surprising 
project, like a good outcome. Uh, so yeah, so I hope to do more things like that. That would be really fun. And also like raise a whole bunch of money for people, <laughs> you know, that need it. And um, yeah, because we've been pretty fortunate, uh, my husband and I being able to work from home and not having to go in anywhere. I might hop in. Okay. This, is great. this is so nice. Um, I, I saw the project at the U of W with that media like center and I was like, oh, I wonder what this is all about. So that's cool that it's like, I wonder if like maybe you have like a goal with like that collective of collaboration of maybe where you see that going eventually. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I guess with the, with my fabrics and the, like my next goal <laughs> is to have a bigger space to actually have like a, like a warehouse where I could set up, you know, tables for block printing and screen printing and fabric cutting and, you know, things like that. So this year I've been looking at how I can get to that next level. Cause right now everything's in my house. Um, we're pretty packed in here with, with all the product that I'm, I'm bringing in. Um, and then also, I, I think it's time I need to expand my team. Like I, my team is basically me. <laughs> and then now like reaching out to you, Annie, and um, you know, there is a couple other people like hiring someone to help me with my website, um, you know, and just also knowing when you're not good at something to hire that or find help and ask questions. That's where I'm at in my career. So like now I'm moving on to the stage where, yes, I need an accountant, you know, I need someone to look at things. And um, um, so there's, yeah, there's lots of things that I, I still really want to do. I think also what's what you got to maintain too is stay, keeping focus on what you want to do throughout like this past five years. I've tried different things. Like I was like, I came home, I'm like, I'm making cheese boards, you know, I'm going to get these things. I'm going to paint cheese boards. I don't know if I have any here. Anyways, it was the worst idea ever because I'm not a painter. Like, who was I thinking um, I was? Like, I there I am, like, you know, midnight trying to paint these cheese boards. And um, yeah, that at least I tried it, though. I'm like, okay, done, tried it. Um, what else did I try to do? I tried to make Christmas stockings for people to buy. Oh, my God two days of sewing and like, uh, no, I don't have time for that either. So I've tried that. I, I, one thing I do love is laser cutting Christmas ornaments. So I think I'd like to do more of those also making cards. Um, so like gift card sets with the patterns on them, I would love to do more of that. And I do a lot of, um, I do furniture as well. So that's another feel like that's a whole other company on its own. So I, I love furniture too, though. Um, that's really fun. But I think um, I'm just, I feel really lucky that I'm, I do have supportive family to do all this stuff too. And, um, you know, trying out ideas. And I think that's the biggest thing, like, for you guys, like, if you just try it, and if it doesn't, take the first time like no big deal um I there was another uh, 2017 was the year I did like a gazillion block printing workshop 
and you know, maybe one day I'll get back to that too. <laughs> but uh, right now, yeah, I'm just surviving <laughs> and just trying to like keep up and also stay creative. Um, I think as a, I guess, designer, you just need to take time out where you just keep yourself calm and get, get yourself in a place where you can design and can create. And so that's why you don't want to overly book or make yourself too busy for things. Yeah. Cause then you're just, yeah, you're, you're, I don't know. I find like, I'm not very happy when I'm too busy, but yeah. Yeah. But thank you so much. Um, it was great talking with you guys and um, yeah. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And don't worry about the like mix up. It worked out perfectly. Okay, good. Um, yeah. <laughs> when you texted, like, oh. I was like, oh no. I was at five. <laughs> no, yeah, I was like, I'll just hop on first. So it worked out. And yeah, I think that there was yeah, lots of engagement with what you shared. So thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, it's been an hour. So feel free to enjoy the rest of your night. And <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for listening to 101.5 EOMFM Broken Headphones Podcast. These are your hosts, Osani Baugrand, Jordan Reimer, Kenneth Castillo, and Annie Beach. And today we interviewed Destiny Seymour.